Hi, everyone. My name is Kelly, and this is Next Gen Marin's podcast, Price Out. Today, we have District 5 Novato City Council candidate hopeful, Miss um, Amy Peel. Amy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I'm very excited. I'm excited to talk with you today about, um, you know, your background and how you decided to run for city council and what you plan to do should you make the city council. Um, so let's start with your background. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Yes, I was born and raised in the Midwest outside of Chicago in a place called Park Forest, Illinois, 60466. It's actually fun because it was a city that was designed after the World War II for affordable houses. So people got the GI Bill, and my mom and dad had a house built, uh, and uh, my mom and dad were married. They had six kids. My dad left. My mother ended up raising all six of us by herself, paying the mortgage on a salary of a private duty nurse. So those are my origins. And then I went to nursing school. I have my RN, and I became a nurse, and then I became in love and passionate with the field of organ transplantation. So... Um, and then that's been a career. We can talk about that later. But then I uh, became involved very much nationally and then got recruited out to San Francisco in 1985. And I've lived here ever since. And uh, my husband and I, Mark, raised our two kids in Novato, Gracie, who's 31. And she is a butcher and a fishmonger as well as a chef and a farmer. She lives in Eugene because she can't afford to live in Marin or in the Bay Area. And my son, Bennett Schatz, uh, graduated from UW and his degrees in digital arts, experimental media, and comparative history of ideas. That's really all I can tell you about those topics. But he works at Dolby Sound in San Francisco, and he lives in Oakland. So that's a little bit quick about who I am, where I came from. Nice. So um, it sounds like working in a transplant um, sector of a hospital is very, you know, fast paced and very crazy. Um, what can you tell me about your work there in terms of how it will apply to you running for city council? First of all, I would like all your listeners to think about whether or not they want to be an organ and tissue donor. And if they do, they can sign up on a national registry because we have a huge waiting list and 33 people die every day from lack of a transplant. So just a little commercial break for mm -hmm. organ and tissue Definitely. donation. Uh, my job as a transplant coordinator and then director of transplant at UCSF, I was in charge of about 120 staff. I worked with five unions. I worked with uh, about seven managers, and I had a huge budget. And every day we had a lot of controversy because part of our job is to decide who gets on the list and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it was a big table of really competent professionals who all had equal vote, whether they were a doctor, financial counselor, social worker. And we all sat around, listened to the updates on these patients, and then we had to make a hard decision. Mm -hmm. So we dealt with scarce resources. Only our scarce resources were organs. So if someone didn't get one, they died or went on dialysis. And all those skills over the last 35 years in my transplant career are the ones that I can bring to city council. 
Uh, I was over. I, I know budget. I I looked at and had to oversee a budget. I had to work with a big group of people to make sure we're all moving in the right direction because there's no room for error in what we did. I like to have a healthy discussion and collaboration, and not, I'm not afraid of that debate. But also at the end, we all had to, you know, make a decision. Sometimes you didn't get your your choice. Sometimes you did, but we all walked away, and we all um, act professionally. Our motto was "Transplants a team sport," mm-hmm. and it was, and it is. And city council should be a team sport. Um, so those are just some transferable skills from a 35-year career in transplant that I feel like I could show up at my seat on the city council with some level of expertise, albeit a, a new topic. Right. Well, thank you for that as it you know relays between your previous career, your very long 35-year career, yeah, um, to your running for city council. Um, what made you decide to run for city council for Novato? There's a couple things. Uh, I've lived in Novato for 30 years. Uh, my husband and I moved here to raise our two kids, and we loved it. I, I, I tell people I have a Novato heart. I love it here. And I really, really want it. I want to grow old here. I'm a vibrant, healthy woman. I'm 66, just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. And when I, was, when I retired five years ago, I also got trained to teach yoga at the Chopra Center. So I teach chair yoga. Um, and I feel like I bring some sense of what a senior can do and wants to do. And I have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So I think those are some things that I, I feel I can continue to in, in kind of infuse into our, our city. And I know that we have wonderful people who like Nancy Sangster, who is head of senior services, who used to, and she knows a lot about it. And we just have these this vibrant senior com, com, you know community that's just percolating. Mm-hmm. And then we also have like at the other end, uh, we have the North Bay Children's Center that's got a huge campus scheduled. Right. And what a fun idea to merge some of those energies with the seniors and the youth and bring that together it's not a line item, cost item. It's a, we've got these resources with our seniors. We've got this beautiful campus that's going to get built. Why not, mm-hmm. you know, just take those really wonderful resources? I also feel strongly and concerned about the immigration issues. And I was at the um, immigration rally mm-hmm. recently in Novato. And uh, afterwards, I was approached by some of our leadership in uh, the county and at the council level to say, there's a city council district five election coming up, and we really want you to consider wow. running for it because they knew of my work prior in Nevada with a variety of huge volunteer things, and they felt like I would be a good, a really good person for the city council with my energy. I have positive. I look, I look at things in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I understand we have serious problems to solve, but I think we can do that collectively. Yeah. Wow. Well, that sounds like, you know, a few definitely great reasons to run for city council. Um, I know that it's a very important election. I think that a lot of people are paying attention, especially this being the first election with district-based, you know, ballots and all that kind of stuff. Um, So my question also is, how will you, you know, if you do become city council, which, you know, hopefully you do, a city council member, um, how will you discern between, you know, representing Hamilton and representing Nevada as a whole? What I love about the district election is if it was the bigger election, I would never be able to afford to run. Mm-hmm. And 
also walk the entire city of Nevada. Yeah. There's some serious walking there. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for our districts. And people have come to me when I knock on doors or call and say, we're glad we're going to districts because now we feel like there's a person we can go to mm-hmm. to talk about things. That being said, the seat will be then also representing the entire city. Mm-hmm. Well, fires don't stop and start at one district in Nevada. Right. Our climate change issues don't start and stop at one, one area, one district. So the issues, while I will hear them and, and be careful and support my constituents and residents in my district, there's a bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like um, I'm educating myself and learning about all the issues, but there's the common denominators are probably throughout all of Nevada. Yeah. So I feel like I can keep my eye on my district, but I also can serve a city. It's mm-hmm. it's a part of the pie, but it's the real pie that makes the difference, and that's our city of Nevada. So it is it is. I think it's a little juggling, but I think in the end, I think it's it's a good thing mm-hmm. for our city. Yeah, I think that what you touched on about having, you know, the different districts, that is a great idea in the aspect that people can come to you and they can say, hey, Amy, I'm having some problems. Can you help me out or can you make sure that this is mentioned? And so it helps to make sure that the local elected officials are, you know, really representing their community Um, and hopefully, you know, with them being elected, whoever they may be, they will be you know, accurately representing the people of the district in which they reside. Um, So I wanted to ask you about some of the important issues that you would like to focus on should you be elected to city council. So what I think is important first, just for the record and your listeners, this is a five-year term which is big because they're rotating. Eventually things will be rotated with council members so that that there's the same people for a bit and then you rotate new council Mm -hmm. members on. So that's good. So those people listening, I'm warming the seat up for you youngsters, not youngsters, but people who have capacity, passion, and drive because it's a five-year seat. And I'm hoping to serve to the best of my ability, but then hopefully someone listening will go, you know, maybe I'll run for city council. And, And I would invite folks to start thinking about that now. So that's it. Just get grooming and getting in the next generation of really amazing people and energy. Issues, well, sadly, the first issue is I've been vetted at at different organizations to endorse me. I just recently got the Marin IJ endorsement, which I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for. I was nervous about that. Um, People ask, how are you going to, you know, this Novato City Council, it's just it's, we get a lot of bad press. We haven't had good behavior. So before we do anything, I think we need to have some civility mm-hmm. and treat each other professionally and inclusive and be inclusive. So accepting who's sitting next to us, but not dressing down either a fellow or, or a woman council person or staff. So I, I want to get us out of the media as a city that's fraught with horrible city council angst and mm-hmm. negative negativity and day one to have us all sign at a public picture taken front of the paper i will behave professionally and inclusively and i testify that in front of everybody in my city and in my county and if i don't i invite you to call me out yeah i think that needs to be job one because we have to re-earn trust in our city. Some people are like, well, if the city council's fighting like this and this is happening, some people just say then, I don't want anything to do with politics. I don't want anything. We need to change that. Mm -hmm. 
You know, that's why the districts are good. We have an opportunity here. Secondly, we have some budgetary issues that need to be addressed. Definitely. And it's big. Yeah. We have some pension issues that have been accruing. and About that $47 is, million. Dollars. Yes. Yeah. And that is a <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just to, yeah. Just to throw that number out there. Right. And the good news about that is that we're not alone. All the cities in Marin County and many cities around, you know, yeah. California have We've, some... Yeah, an aging demographic in Marin County. Yeah, right. So we, but we need to address this. We mm-hmm. have to think about it. I don't come to you with lots of answers about that. I've heard some interesting suggestions mm-hmm. about how we might be able to pay that down, but I think people who have been promised pensions, they need to get their pensions. Right. Maybe we have to look at when we recruit people and onboard them. What is it realistic in today's world? What can we truthfully offer and really deliver versus offering and then at some end say, oh, I'm so sorry, we don't have the money to pay. We just yeah. can't get ourselves into that. But it And that's more of a big study hall, council, community thing that we right. have to roll One our One person up. can't have the answer to that. No, yeah. and nor should they. Right. So that would be, I think, a healthy debate. And then affordable housing, mm-hmm. we need to find a new word. I don't think there is such a thing as affordable housing, at least here for us. Mm-hmm. There might be some pockets But I know for a fact in places in our district, such as the villas, um, that they folks have gotten in there under affordable housing uh, because they're on a fixed income. But once they're in, there's fees levied and there's other issues that happen. And then people are evicted because they can't afford to live there, even though they qualified. Mm -hmm. So we have to dig deep and we need to expose some of the issues that these people who we think are in affordable housing have. And what's going on? And what's who? who's leaving Novato because they can't afford to live here? Mm-hmm. It's not just seniors. It's young people. Well, like your daughter, right? Yeah, my daughter, Gracie. She was living here. She's, she's passionate about uh, the food industry. She's a farmer. She went to Italy and learned how to raise pigs and butcher pigs in a, in a sustainable and mm-hmm. appropriate way. She also is a farmer and a fish. And then and she's also a chef. But living here... And she was living with us for a while, and it just she didn't obviously want to in her 20s. And now she lives in Eugene, Oregon. So now I have a daughter who I love, who I'd love to see a lot more of, and I get to see her maybe every two or three months. And that makes me sad. Yeah. And I think that there's I'm not alone. I know a lot of families whose kids live somewhere else, and we just love to get our hands on our kids and Wish them well and help. We won't, you know, you know, they don't want you around all the time. Yeah. But just to be able to drive over, you know, or take her dog for a walk or watch her dog Luigi while she's on vacation. Yeah. I'm all for that. So affordable housing is is really uh, becoming more and more of a big issue for me to dig into and learn more facts about Mm -hmm. and then figure out ways to really create it. Yeah. Well, I would say that your daughter, Gracie, sounds like she'd be a perfect fit for like West Marin, Point Reyes out there because, you know, the whole the whole ag concept and, you know, being a chef and all that, that, you know, would be great. And they are, uh, you know, the county just purchased the Coast Guard housing out of West Marin. So that, you know, maybe some of it will be affordable. It, it's planned to be. Um, but yeah, affordable housing, that's a big issue. And especially with the seniors that we have, um, I know that Hamilton has done a pretty good job of affordable housing, you know, over there. And there are a couple of projects still in the works. Um, one project that I was excited for was a co-housing in Hamilton. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to evolve. Mm -hmm. 
But I love the idea that you have a living space, but then you have shared other shared amenities. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you know in Berkeley, they have a tool library. Yeah. So how cool is that? You don't have to go buy all these tools. You can just check them out of the library, the same concept, but within a bigger space of communal living that people could actually afford mm-hmm. and, and actually maybe have money left to go have a little fun. Yeah. You know, hop on the smart train, go down to Novato, have a little bite to eat and hop back with your senior discount if you're a senior. Yeah, there or you go. Or if you're a student, I bet you get a student discount. So I think that that project over there is evolving. Um, I don't know the exact status of it in terms of when the doors will be open. Right. But I'm excited and behind that kind of thing. So what were some of your thoughts on immigration and what you can perhaps do to protect some of Novato's citizens? Well, I uh, was recently, we had our High Holy Days at Temple and the woman who runs the Marin Alliance in the mission um, in San Rafael was there. So this last year we've had 196 um, immigrants without family, mom or dads, uh, who are not. 18 come into our county, 196, that their families felt strong enough for them to get out of where they were to get somewhere that they might have a life. And think about that from a parental perspective. That's, mm-hmm. that's a pretty big thing. So where does that come? Well, I went to the, you know, locally in Novato. I'm very concerned about immigration. That's why I went to the rally. And I and there was a question at the uh, League of Women Voters panel earlier this week about immigration. We, we will and probably already have, I don't know specifically, where a child comes out of school thinking his mom's going to pick him up and his mom's been picked up by ICE. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need to have a plan with the school district and the police mm-hmm. to make sure that the families know what their rights are because there is a lot of that out there. They know what they've got scripts for these people if there's knocks at the door. But we need to embrace them, welcome them. The fact is we are all immigrants right? all the way up to the top of the White House. So we need to treat them with respect. And I was infuriated when I saw what was happening at the border and these kids put in cages and separated from their yeah. parents. My heart just broke. So honestly, that's another thing that's fueled my intention to win this race. We have to... We have climate change. We have immigration issues right here in our own town, right here in our own county, right here in our own state. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have the presence of mind and, and the collective resources intellectually and fiscally to own it and work on it mm-hmm. because it's it's disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, I think that that's been a pretty big topic. I think that there is kind of an... Not an, I wouldn't say underserved, I would say underrepresented maybe uh, community here in Novato and in Marin and the Bay Area. You know, we've seen a large uh, increase in the number of Latino people who have come around, who have come around. And um, I have heard that as a big concern. We had Jim Hogaboom, the former Novato superintendent on the podcast, and he talked about you know, students who were illegal immigrants and they were worried about, you know, their families and things like that and making sure that ESL students are getting taken care of the way that they should be. Um, And that was of really big interest to me, especially in this election, you know, is making sure that people who maybe don't have English as their first language um, are being represented in the election. And they are, you know, made sure that their issues are being, you know, talked about 
out at the local level. Um, you know, just because it maybe doesn't affect you or I doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. So I appreciate your stance on that and your standing up to do for what is right. Well, and with the election, you know, the ballots are in English and you can spend an extra $500 to have yours transplanted in to Spanish, yeah. translated into Spanish, mm-hmm. which we did, which I did. Yeah. Um, but I go, I love uh, the Indian Valley College and the library and the campus and all that. These students should feel safe. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if they want to go and get a green card or want to continue to work towards citizenship, we should also have a pathway for them so that, the, that we can make it as easy as possible for them to get on that pathway and partner with them, I'm, you know, to get them mm-hmm. towards citizenship. But meanwhile, ha- having them feel safe because they want to contribute in a positive way to the community that we live in now. Mm-hmm. And ESL, I mean, you know, people can't speak our you know, in, uh, English, they have to be able to speak in their fluent language and communicate their issues mm-hmm. so that they're top of mind and that we bring those and weave those in to whatever we're doing in terms of moving policy forward or passing certain things at the council level. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking of taking Spanish class, classes again to kind of refresh that just um, because of that. Um, so when you speak of safety, something else that comes to mind is climate change, which you'd also talked about. Um, you know, wildfires come to mind. Sea level rise comes to mind. Obviously, a city council member cannot, you know, completely face these things on their own. But um, is there concern from people in your district about those things? And what are they hoping to um, have you stand up for on their behalf if you become city council member? Well, a couple fun, really great stuff's going on around this. So clearly it's not if we're going to have a fire, it's right. when we're going to have a fire. Right. And we have, I don't know if you've heard of our FireWise communities, mm-hmm. which Firewise are robust. Chats, yeah. Pacheco Valley has a FireWise uh, co- council, if you will, that meets frequently. Mm-hmm. And they are off the charts with what they're doing with their ownership of their area and what's growing. They have the fire um, district marshal come. They have uh, folks come to talk with them. There's grants available to clear those things that are flammable around their house. Mm-hmm. There's a great lecture uh, that's really well done. There's going to be uh, uh, one at Novato, um City Hall on October 16th at 6 o'clock that you can go and hear it all laid out in perfect, organized way about what's the what's the state of the art and what's being done. Mm-hmm. The Marin Valley Country Club also has a really strong fire-wise. I mean, there's many of those. Mm-hmm. That is so informative. I mean, and I'm, I'm like a geek now because I go to their meetings, mm-hmm. and I also know that that big rosemary bush out front, front of my house has to yeah. be taken out because it's flammable. I love right? rosemary. Me yeah. too. So I'm just going to put it in a pot because uh-huh. I do. I cook with it. Yeah. But there's things you can actually do as a homeowner or if you rent to make sure the things near you are that are flammable mm-hmm. are gone. Yeah. So there's really great ownership for the fire issues here. I'm really proud to live in Novato and be running in this district because I'm so inspired. Yeah. Kay White is running the um, FireWise Committee at Pacheco Valley, mm-hmm. and they've got everything to what, what happens if there is one, what you should do, stay in your car, don't get out of your car, where the eggs, you know, where, what will happen. I mean, they are rehearsing mm-hmm. so that they are ready as our other firewise groups, but that's taking ownership. In terms of sea level issues, climate change, 
One, I think we also have to think about owning our own carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. What are we doing every day that we could do differently that would affect bringing climate, bringing it down? Well, it's transportation emissions is the number one factor now. Right. And yeah. look at our freeway next to us and the cars. Mm -hmm. How can we get people out of their cars to either go on smart train and if there's that last mile issue mm -hmm. that people talk about, can the businesses or collectively, can we think about a shuttle that picks somebody up and takes them that last mile that already exists and maybe expand their routes mm -hmm. but also with the sea level over in Hamilton we have to worry about the levee right. there's two levees um, and that make sure that we those are maintained and if they need to have some work done on them which they will and they that and that, that that's on the radar screen in terms of safety um, and you know, I think we need to have some fun campaigns about even plastic. Mm -hmm. You know, a high school student from Novato High came to one of the meet and greets, and she's like, what about plastic? And I go, well, how about we treat plastic like uh, poison ivy? So mm -hmm. let's say one day at high school, you can go see if you can go all day without touching a, touching a piece of plastic, like yeah. as if it was going to give you this horrible rash. Right. You know, there's things we can do that aren't going to cost a lot. Yeah. And clearly there are things that will cost money and we need to, to tend to that. But I think we have enough really intelligent youth and people committed to really kind of continue to increase the awareness around all of, at least the, even if you just tackled plastic in Novato for a year right. and just see you know, baby steps in addition to getting people off the freeway in their out of their car. And if we can get, you know, more bikes or bike mm -hmm. paths for the last mile, things that, right. you know, are sustainable. Right. Well, I um, I went to a meeting a couple of days ago and that was in San Francisco. And it was about it was with ABAG, Association of Bay Area Governments and uh, MTC, Metropolitan Transportation Commission. So they are looking at you know, how the region, the Bay Area is doing in general in terms of transportation and connectivity. And they're looking at uh, fixing that last mile and seeing what kind of programs they can implement in the local jurisdictions to alleviate that. So, you know, hopefully they can come up with something. But Novato, if they can come up with something first, that would be great, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I know that, um, I mean, I live on a hill. So I live in San Rafael, but um, I do pay a lot of attention to Novato. Um, I live on a hill, so for me, like, I have taken public transit before. I've taken, you know, the smart train. I've taken all those things, and I like it. And, you know, I enjoy the reduced cost and not sitting in traffic um, and not contributing to, you know, emissions. But um, for me, that last mile is like, am I going to come home from work and have to walk up my steep hill? Like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So um, that is a really big topic that needs to be addressed. And like you said, working with employers who can, you know, get that program into action. Like, I think that's part of what we need to do. So um, that would be a great thing. I think more people would be willing to go on public transit were that option provided, you know. Right. My husband, Mark, um, he has to work in the city sometimes. So his he loves to not get in his car. Right. So he walks from our house at Sunny Cove to the train, smart train, takes a smart train down to San Rafael, goes to the bus depot, gets on the bus, takes the bus to the ferry, takes mm -hmm. the ferry into the city. Yeah. So it seems like a little bit, I know the smart train eventually will go to the ferry, right. but 
he, you know, of course he's a reader, so you got the books going on there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, whatever you want to do with the phone, either read your email or play a game. There's always choices there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, thinking creatively when you can. Now, if you're working full time and you're putting in eight and ten hours, like you said, by the end of your day, it's like, oh, my gosh, I have to walk up that hill. Right. Right. Where's the escalator when you need it? Huh? Yeah. The moving walkway. Yeah. But um, I think keeping it front of mind. I think, wouldn't it be great if everyone goes, wow, did you hear what happened in Novato? Right. They were able to do da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. I mean, we could turn some positive heads. Right. And I think that's really important for Novato at this time. And I think that's one of the reasons why this election will be so pivotal. I think that Novato needs some positive energy. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff happening with Novato in terms of administration and, you know, things that you see or hear at meetings. Um, it's time for a new era in Novato. It is a brand new time. I think this is just, that's why I'm really excited because while I hear the day-to-day -day things and honestly, when I talk to some people, I go, are you crazy? You're running for city council? What are you thinking? Right. And I'm like, well, you know what? I have a lot of positive energy. I can roll my sleeves up. I can th get things done. But I want Novato to be like a, a destination where people come and go, oh, I, you can't even believe. If you took an aerial shot of Novato, mm -hmm. you've got our Buck Center that just got a $32 million grant right. studying aging, dementia, all those issues that are you know continuing to rise. That's in Novato. Right. You've got an Indian Valley College. We're going to have a new aquatics swim thing. I'm a swimmer. We've got the beautiful library. We've got the classes there. Beautiful, you know, the whole uh, surrounding the trees and everything are gorgeous. You go, we've got great schools. And we've got BioMarin, and we've got a little biotech industry, a little pop there, which mm -hmm. is kind of cool. Yeah. So we've got some fixins here. Yeah. And then you've got, like I said before, you know, we've got our Bay, our, our children's campus, mm -hmm. North Bay Children's Campus is coming up. The state of the art yeah. is off the hook. So, yes, I'm not naive. I know there's problems to solve, but I look past those, and I say, wow, if we can get some synergy and some energy into looking at – building this amazing city that people are in a holding pattern for because we have so much great affordable housing. Mm -hmm. we got great jobs. We've got a vibrant downtown. We'd love to hire you, but I've got a wait list now. I'm so sorry. You know, I yeah. mean, seriously, we could do that. It's not impossible. It's just not. I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of the seniors working with the kids. I think that um, I think that everyone knows that seniors are more prone to depression and things like that as they age. And, um, you know, there there have been programs, I, I can't name necessarily where, but where older folks work with younger kids and, you know, everyone just gets happier. Well, it's like a co-housing thing that we were talking right. about. There's some in the United States mm -hmm. near campuses, which we have in right. Indian, and Kenfield, but Novato, and where they have the students can't afford to have, pay for housing, so they give them a place to live for free. It might be in a senior center or it might be in co-housing, but having that energy together with the seniors, and then they just have to smart train, go to Hamilton, get on their bike, drive to IBC, and then get back the same way. So you're kind of hitting a lot of things right. on that. And I think it's, you know, that's, that's kind of exciting for me to think about how we could, like, weave that all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned businesses. So um, recently there was, well, it's still kind of going on. Um, there was a first reading in Novato of the acceleration of the minimum wage hike. Right. Um, what do you think of that? Well, 
I went to the one. I've gone to you know city council meetings. I happened to go that night. I didn't know it was going to last till twelve thirty. Yeah. But you know, and for a penny and for a pound. And what I took away or what I saw was the businesses felt like they got blindsided on this one. It sounded like they didn't know it was this close to some decision making. So the room was full. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of angry people, yeah. business owners, who felt they didn't have their time at the table, if you will. So when I just watched and listened, when I when I see that kind of thing, first of all, I think we definitely need minimum wage, no question at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that we when I when I step back and say, well, how how would I review this? Like, were our stakeholders at the table when we began this? Like, did we have the labor unions in? Did we have the businesses and then folks to all sit around a table and say, here's what we're thinking. This is what we like to do. Let's all have our time and our discussion. I think that maybe that didn't happen from what it looked like in that room and the anger and the screaming and the yelling and the finger pointing that was going on. So I think we have to partner with our small businesses. We don't want to lose businesses and we don't want them to close up. And their profit margin isn't as big as people would think because, you know, you own a business. People think, wow, you must be rich. Well, if you talk to some of the business owners here in town, that's not the case. They have a small profit margin. Mm -hmm. And if we force feed that fast minimum wage to them, are they going to either have to let someone go or are they going to have to close their business? So I, I think I think it, we need the minimum wage, but I also think that there is a way to get there where we're not closing businesses down and be respectful for the folks who are working at minimum wage. Right. Yeah, well, I, um, I agree with you. You know, I think that it's a very difficult topic and definitely had a lot of people, people fired up. Oh, yeah. um, I was not able to attend that meeting because I was in class, but I, you know, that is one that I would have killed to be at. Oh, yeah, it was quite something. Yeah. Um, but I was looking at Seattle, which did something similar. They accelerated their minimum wage hike. Um, and so, you know, a lot of concerns that I've had about it is, you know, increasing prices for the consumer, which would, you know, increase the cost of living in Novato further. Um, also like, you know, losing employees. So would people be fired and lose their jobs and then what are they going to do? Um, or businesses closing down or moving away. Um, so obviously Seattle is not Novato, but it's good to look at something just for comparison to see, you know, what happened here. Um, so it said that the most frequent reaction to the minimum wage hike in Seattle was increasing prices and they changed the employees hours. So, um, low wage jobs, they just had a reduced hour, um, so they didn't see as drastic a change as I think most people are fearing. I certainly hope that it doesn't come to, um, you know, businesses leaving. Uh, Novato, especially in the past few years, from what I've heard, is focused on um, revitalizing downtown, having a very vibrant atmosphere. Come bring your business, and we want it to be a great place to come. We want there to be nightlife, you know? Right. Something exciting going on in Novato. Right. Yeah, um, which I want, too. I mean, I used to... I work in Novato, but I, you know, I used to work at Finnegan's and, you know, it's like, okay, what do we do here at night? Right. um, So trying to make it so, you know, older people like to be there, younger people, you know, um, but something to support the local economy is very important. And hopefully they'll expand the Civic Center even wider than it is right now, because right now we have our our administrative offices and we have our city hall, but there's discussions and groups that if we could expand things to have more space and facilities, to have more events that could move. Like, how about the food trucks? You know, at Fort Mason on Fridays, they do that one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so cool. And how about if we had 
had that space to have food trucks come in on Friday with some music. So you get off work, you might go get a bite. If you don't want the music, you head home. If you want to stick around for some fun and dancing, you can do that. Like to your point about Seattle, I think we can always look outside and see who's already cracked this. Mm -hmm. Like, where is it working already? Right. You know, and do we really need to reinvent the wheel or do yeah. we need to look outside and go, wow, this worked there. Maybe we could, you know, play with it, mold it a little bit and make it work here. Mm -hmm. When you think of our, we have our own hospital in Nevada. We are very lucky. Right. That template for that hospital didn't get created for just that hospital, the way it's built. Mm -hmm. That was an existing blueprint. That was one way to save money to get that hospital built. We are very fortunate to yeah. have that hospital here. It's a great hospital, by the way. But there's ways for us to figure things out without having to start from scratch and make it last 10 years to get to the final product right yeah i mean i i understand business owners concern um my only thing is that to my knowledge they're they're accelerating it by one year you know and like they're just speeding up the process um so eventually businesses would have to pay these costs um i th i feel like either way it's going to happen and i i understand you know like you mentioned at the beginning like who was sitting at the table when this was discussed right. and it sounds like businesses weren't involved like that's where the problem is diagnose you know? it from the back yeah you know in my past world in transplant and academia medicine every friday we had this thing that we called uh M&M conference, morbidity mortality. But the point is, we discussed every case, what went well, what didn't go well, what could we do differently next time. Every week, mm -hmm. the whole crew was there, and you learned so much. You know, So when we aren't doing something well, we should sit down and have a post-mortem discussion. Okay, what did we learn from this? What could we do differently next time? Mm -hmm. So we evolve. Yeah. You know, it's not, I, I would, I know we'll make mistakes, but let's make new ones right. and let's not make the same ones. Right. So I think that all of that um, will help us be stronger and more vibrant and more productive. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about your approach, the collaborative approach, working together. And, you know, I believe in the same thing is looking back. OK, you made a mistake. What now? Right. You know, how are you going to learn from this? How are you going to move ahead? And, you know, are you going to be able to work with those people who maybe don't agree with you? I think is one of the biggest issues um, that the Nevada City Council has faced um, in terms of, you know, maybe people not getting together and then that, that goes into the community, you know? Right. So it's just all over and it doesn't make for a pretty picture and certainly not pretty city council meetings, you know? Right. So. I got asked a question just before I came here at the panel up at the Marin Valley Mobile Home Park about which of the council members would you feel close to agreeing with or not? And I said, mm -hmm. I, I would work with all of them. I think anyone who sits in a public seat deserves respect. I would want to listen to and understand someone's perspective. I might not agree with it, but I don't need to make them wrong, and I don't need to embarrass them in public, and I don't need to emotionally react. I need to understand the information and make the best decision. And I think cohesively we can do that as a city council. So people are like, wow, look at that. They're getting along. Go team. Right. And I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have a United Nations Okay, uh, we've seen things happen that people collaborate and have completely differing views or maybe they don't even like each other, but they sit around a table and they can talk because our eye is on the residents here and running a city to keep it fiscally competent, productive and up with the times. I mean, it's not about me. 
It's not about another city council person. I mean, I can bring my energy and my ideas, but you got to park your ego at the door, look at the issues, get your information, understand it. And yeah, there's going to be times when it's going to be heated. Good. Because if we all just sit around and go, Five for all five yes, no zero, let's go to the next. Then I would worry as a citizen if everyone's like, oh, unanimous, oh, unanimous. It's like, wait a minute. You want that. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a way to behave publicly to be professionally civil and inclusive. Yeah. Well, that's a great answer. (laughs) Hope you didn't rehearse that. Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's great. Um, I also wanted to ask you about you know, being on the city council, what about the permitting process? I've heard a lot about the permitting process, whether it comes to, you know, businesses, you know, and encouraging businesses to come to Novato or, you know, maybe even housing, if we're really thinking radically, um, you know, to increase the housing supply. Have you thought about, you know, maybe having a say in streamlining the permitting process and trying to get something done? Oh, we've been hearing a lot about the permitting process. I'll tell you that. Um, what I understand is our San Rafael down the, down the road a piece, if it's not any traffic, mm-hmm. um, has already done an uh, uh, analysis, if you will, did right. a survey. And they've gotten it back and they're looking at theirs. Well, Novato's not currently going under the same survey for Novato permitting process. Right. So we are going to get some information from which we can make better streamlining decisions mm-hmm. because people – I mean, it's come up at all the different at-homes I'm at, at when I knock on someone's door. This permitting process is seems to be, and I don't know, pretend to know every step of the way of this right. blueprint, but we need to look at it. We are looking at it. We're gathering information. I know that will be brought to the city council. I'm sure the city manager will also be looking at it. And we'll have to look at streamlining this and looking at the cost of permitting. Because right. some people want to do some, some things that are getting approved, but then when they go get to the perm- the permitting process, it's as much to get the permits as it is to do the, the right. renovation or the addition, which is, is insane. Yeah. So I think we have some work to do. We have to definitely look under the hood of that and pull some things out and get this data from the survey and see how we can streamline that. Yeah, because, you know, you have the time it takes to get the permit, you know, um, that is not a quick amount of time. If you have any idea about doing some kind of home project or Lord forbid, you know, going through the actual housing development process, you know, publicly undergoing planning commission, design review, if you need it, CEQA and city council takes years to build things, you know. There was a good article in the IJ by Dick Spotswood around Mm -hmm. the new um, the Coast Guard, uh, did you see that? Mm-hmm. And it's worth a look because he's like, what can we do to accelerate this? Right. What can we do in tandem too, you know, right. to get things moving right. so that we're not years and years and years and years into the planning process? Yeah, because the design process is there for a reason. Right. You know, I care about Marin. I want it to look great. I don't want to go around and have it be some big concrete box but, um, you know, we also, we need housing. We need, you know, we do have some commercial vacancies. So I don't know how much I'm going to argue for. Um, we need more businesses to, you know, occupy those vacancies, yes. I will say. Um, but, yeah, the process is really extensive. It takes a lot of time and it costs a lot of money. So um, that would be great to have a city council member up there, you know, 
pushing for that. Well, I think I'm not alone. I think they're aware, acutely aware yeah. there's an issue. And I think that by the fact that they've already, you know, commissioned the survey, that tells me they're aware of it and that now we get to look at the results and take some action. Yeah. Well, I'm very pleased to hear that they're doing a survey as well. I was aware of the San Rafael one, but I didn't know about the Nevada one. And I so. hope you'll cover that on a future podcast. I definitely, <laughs> yeah. Um, I love reading the reports and just, you know, seeing all this research that they've done and show that they're really interested in helping out the community. Um, and that speaks to a lot when we consider, you know, like we've mentioned so much during this podcast, seniors, you know, they need an affordable place to live. Some of them are not working and they're worried about their fixed income, you know, like how are they going to play, pay for these places? Um, and also like what does affordable housing mean? Does it mean you know, really crappy looking apartments or something. I mean, people need quality. Um, And what I found in attending project meetings and stuff is in order for developers to, you know, get the money back, their investors' money back, and make a a slim profit margin. And what people don't know is they think that developers make a lot of money. Sometimes it's true, but I find that especially in Marin, you know, people don't like density, which is understandable, you know. We're not trying to make it San Francisco here or New York, okay? It's not. It's Marin, rolling green hills. It's beautiful. Um, But when developers build affordable housing and something like, oh, I'm going to build a notable amount of affordable housing, maybe 10 units or something, they're going to have to increase the size of that project, which I don't think people realize that they need to make up the money for the BMR, the below market rate units somewhere. Um, So that is just like a really you know, big issue that we're still working on kind of working around with the public and um, bringing forward the fact that developers, you know, they're the ones who are building this and we need to kind of work with them and not not work against them. And, you know, I think that's right. You've got to do a lot of work we do to raise the awareness around that. Because I think that there is this running assumption that the developers are bazillionaires and that they're just going to come here and make a million trillion dollars off of us. And I don't believe that that's the case. Yeah. You know, I was in Washington, D.C. recently, and I heard a fun thing, just a little off topic, but mm-hmm. fun. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, so a friend of ours is an attorney with HUD. Oh, he's cool. retiring. And in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., I guess all the buildings can't be any higher than 11 stories. Mm-hmm. So he's working with the folks who own those businesses to install solar panels, mm-hmm. which t- costs some money. Right. But they want to then take the energy from the solar panels and gift it to people who are in low-income housing who can't oh. afford to pay their electric bill. Cool. So they could probably get a tax credit. Who, so they're mm-hmm. recouping the cost of putting them in in the, in the circuitry that it's required to gather mm-hmm. the information, but then send those, those credits to people who that would be one less bill right. on their plate yeah should should they be able to afford the rent uh but then they wouldn't have to pay the electric bill that would be really cool and and that is a win-win that doesn't take you know again a huge amount of resources Mm -hmm. but test drive things like that right right yeah that would be really cool to do that for maybe like a senior assisted living i know that they're talking about a lot of that um, you know, in Novato, that would be really cool. That's, yeah, that's Isn't neat. That fun? I like that. Yeah. And again, it's something that's already going to be underway that we could invite him to come speak. 
mm-hmm. learn about it. What were what you what worked, what didn't work. You know, where where are we as a city? What's the possibility there? Mm-hmm. If we, you know, where could we get that kind of energy from the solar panels and then put it into maybe the school district needs help with their electric bills, so we could take that money and put it in the classroom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any what are the public services that we have or public buildings that we are having to pay appropriately for mm-hmm. our rent and our all of our utilities? Just things like that that, you know, are creative but wouldn't cost. Right. Yeah. Well, this kind of thinking outside the box is, you know, I think that would bring like a refreshed, you know, just energy to the city council that I think everyone kind of needs at this point. (laughs) Um, What are what are your thoughts about using like fireman's fund for affordable housing? I know that's a big, uh, big uh, yeah. Big question, a big building and a big question. We yeah. have 700,000 square feet there, yeah. 700,000 square feet that are that is empty. Mm-hmm. When we do our assessments, which everyone has to do, the property assessments, mm-hmm. we won't be getting any money because nobody's in there. Nobody's mm-hmm. renting anything. So I think that um, there have been in the past, I learned at one city council that they even called Google to say, right. hey, right. come on down. And Google's like, no. No, thank you. Now, I don't know. I understand the structure of the building. I don't know enough to know if it would really be something we could incorporate into a modern-day Google or whatever Mm -hmm. environment. I was just at Biomarin and saw their renovation, and it's airy, and it's big, and it's really cool-looking in terms of welcoming spaces. But I don't know with the architectural structure of the Fireman's Fund. I think that is a really fun potential project for uh, some some architecture schools to say, okay, what if just for fun we took that square footage and that piece and figured out how to make a mixed-use building? Mm-hmm. How about if we had the co-housing? Right. It's close to the smart train, right? right? What if we had some daycares? Some, I mean, what, what would it look mm-hmm. like? Give us some reasonable ideas of what would be possible even if it meant, oh, my God, changing zoning. Oh, help me. But um, to look at what would be a vibrant use of that location. And even some cities have done competitions yeah. where they have a parcel and they say, here, you know, they do paid competitions. Here's the square footage. Here is the existing zoning. Here is where it's at. This is what we need. We'll pay, you know, three comp- three businesses, architecture businesses, to draft some uh, best ideas. And then bring them to the the city, bring them to the you know the whole the whole community to look mm-hmm. at, and get those wheels moving, yeah. and get some energy moving so we can get that space you know in, inhabited in a way that's helpful for where we are now today. Mm-hmm. So I would say we need to do something about it. Um, I am not you know again we don't want to increase traffic. We already know what those narrows are like. Right. But what can we do creatively but in a realistic way mm-hmm. to keep moving that needle forward because it's kind of not – nothing's happening. Right. Right? Yeah. And also the younger families who I've met with while I've been doing my canvassing, they want more here mm-hmm. for their kids. You know, they right. want to have their parties here for – they're going to Roner Park or they're going to San Rafael. They want 
resources here in town mm -hmm. so that they can stay here. I know when we were growing the kids were growing up, we went to the bowling alley over at Nave Lane, mm -hmm. and we had uh, New Year's Eve parties. The kids were bowling down here. The adults were down here. People loved to bowl. It's a good, fun sport. Yeah. I, I know there's things. I wish we had a bowling alley. I know. Again, me too. You know? Yeah. Petaluma or San Rafael. Uh, yeah. yeah. So what kind of things? Why? Find out like a needs assessment of what these young fam families are leaving Novato. And then what does that list look like? And then how can we prioritize that list? And then what are some one or two things that we could actually do to get some of those things created to keep the families here? They spend money here. Mm -hmm. We get their tax revenue here. And it's a win-win. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. <laughs> and um, your husband, Mark, is an architect. So I'm sure you guys have very stimulating conversation about, you know, potential future for Nevada. Oh, we do. We do. And he's a community minded architect. So he has to go to all kinds of city councils all over the Bay Area at all hours because they go into the late night, early, early morning hours. But he's very passionate about creating community spaces that people use, like the Jewish Community Center that he did and the Mill Valley Community Center, where lots happens within those walls. Yeah. And that's exciting because that's kind of where community starts, happens, and then the energy goes, and then, you know, who knows what happens next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Sounds like a dynamic duo right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I did want to ask you about a couple more things um, on in terms of what, you know, Novato is probably concerned with. Um, what about the cannabis industry that is, you know, so interesting? Well, I love this question. And I just got it before I came here at the last candidates forum that I was at. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm a strong supporter for people who need to use cannabis. One of the ladies at a house party I was at this week, her dad was dying of cancer. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to get some products for him so he could be comfortable mm -hmm. and a little less nausea. And she had to leave Novato. Mm -hmm. She drove to a dispensary because she wanted to talk to somebody. Right. Here's my dad. This is what he's on. And she really wished she could have just driven across town. Mm -hmm. That said, I think if we work with our police department, school district, and everybody to find the location, mm -hmm. might not necessarily be right on Grand Street. Right. Maybe it shouldn't be. Right. Um, but we should look at test driving one dispensary in a location that the community can support with a reputable dispensary because it's happening. Right. It's happening well in Katati, Sebastopol, mm -hmm. San Francisco. I mean, this in Oakland, this isn't like the first one right. in the whole Definitely world. Definitely not. Okay? Yeah. Uh, it's legal. Um, a lot of seniors use it all the time, whether it's the rubbing their knees with that cannabis lotion that feels good mm -hmm. because they don't want to use the pharmaceutical-grade stuff right. that has side effects. Right. Um, so I think that it's time. Yeah. But I think we need to be thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, being in the medical field, because what we do at Academia Medical Centers is we do a lot of double-blind studies where you have a new drug and you have different groups that you test, and then at the end you share the results with the community at large, and then that's how we evolve. Mm -hmm. That's why the outcomes for liver, kidney, and hearts are much longer now. But taking that over to cannabis, because it was it's a, a what is it a Title One or whatever at the federal level, it's not legal. Right. The, the amount of research that's been done with the THC products isn't much. But the CBD without the THC, right. the anti-inflammatory, better to take that than Advil. Because in our world in transplant, when someone donates a living kidney, mm -hmm. we tell them never to take Advil again. Hmm. 
because we want to make sure that one kidney right. that's left. So there are choices, and it's a matter of understanding them, being an educated consumer like anything else, mm -hmm. and making a choice that's best for your body and your mind. Yeah. And I think um, there's many articles and, and, and information out there. You can go in Sports Basement now in Novato, and there's a CBD product case that's just CBD mm -hmm. that athletes buy. Yeah. So it doesn't have to have this stigma yeah. of if you, have, if you smoke marijuana, now you're going to be a heroin addict. Right. It's just it, we need to bring ourselves up to current day, get a good another good best demonstrated practice, reliable dispensary talk to the cities that have already done it what worked what didn't work what didn't you see coming learn from them and then get community involvement make sure our kids are safe and test drive one that's not on our main thoroughfare mm -hmm. but in a place that's not going to cause a lot of traffic congestion right. but keep you know i think that's a logical reasonable approach right yeah i agree with you um i was up in runner park with my friend where she lives and she needed to go to a dispensary. And so we went to one up in Santa Rosa, my first time being at one. And, you know, it was early in the morning, you know, just opening up on a weekend. And, you know, it was all different kinds of people. You know, you had people in business suits. You had us. You had other, you know, just all kinds of people. But we went in and I was really impressed with how they built it. You know, so it was in an industrial area. So it's not like you said on like the main thoroughfare where families or kids are going to be like, what's that, mom? You right, know? right. Um, but I was very impressed with how, you know, this thing that used to be illegal and so taboo and now people are embracing it and cities are like, hey, we can get some taxes from this. You know, I think that that's impressive. I agree that we're going to have to be mindful with where we place it right. in terms of protecting our children and things like that. But, um, you know, why not? Good point, though. I mean, if people are concerned that it might just be increasing drug trafficking, they should go sit outside, park outside one of those and look them up online and watch the number of people of all ages, mm -hmm. not minors because you can't get in anyway, right. uh, but professionals, uh, seniors, yeah. uh, business people, all go in and out of there to get what it is they need right. in a appropriate, organized, safe fashion. Mm -hmm. And I was really impressed also with you know, their level of safety and making sure that people were of the proper age and you sign documents when you first get there. Like, it's not like you can just come in and go out if they don't know you, you know, right. so it's regulated. And Very much so. They're and they paying take, attention. They take it seriously. Yeah. As they should. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you about that because that's been um, a recent topic. Um, let's see. Maybe also talking about taxes. I don't know. Um, so Nevada's general fund is, I think, about 40-something million, right? Right. Um, so we have some temporary measures, to my knowledge, um, some sales taxes, and there is a lot of concern about how Nevada is going to sustain their budget. Um, are you thinking have – you, have you any thoughts about this? I do. I do. I, I mean, again, I don't know the entire budget. Uh, I haven't been able to study the entire – it's quite a big binder, it's by the huge. way. Um, so you really have to have small frequent feedings on that one. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I understand that we did pass a tax. We were supposed to pass a half a cent tax, but we only did a quarter cent. Mm -hmm. And it seems like people looking in the rear view mirror thought, mm, maybe we should have done the half cent tax mm -hmm. that would brought about two and a half more million, I understand, annually. Mm -hmm. That might not even have done it. 
We also have the issue with Costco here that we get a lot of taxes from that are now looking at setting a shop down the road. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, you know, Costco has said they'll keep their their store here. But if they open the one in San Rafael, we'll have less people coming, we think. But we have to be mindful about that. And so... I, I think that to say that you can, you know we're not going to raise any taxes or do anything is not a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't come to this election with an axe to grind or preconceived ideas. I think I need I need to continue to study our fiscal health, and it is not that good right now. Part of it is because of our pension issues, mm-hmm. but part of it is that we need to really look at where we are, what we project. And now when I was in my position as director, we every month I had to look at my budget and see where we were to date. Now, I understand Nevada doesn't do that at this point. They don't have a mechanism. So we really need to every month, where is the money? What have we spent? You know, do that, that kind of fiscal uh, responsible thing every month and have a system. It can be done. Obviously, if we're doing it at UCSF which is a huge medical center, yeah. by department. Right. There is software and information out that we can look at that month by month, year to date. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there's pieces that need to be in place. And I think that it's going to be a collective city council, whole, big homework assignment and discussion mm-hmm. to see how it is we're going to stabilize ourselves from a budgetary perspective because it clearly is if we, if we don't, we're going to continue to be um, in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, do you do you not repair the pothole because you had to pay, you know, safety's always first. We know that. But we have to be able to look at where our money's being spent and continue to be good shepherds of our tax dollars mm-hmm. and then be transparent with the community. So if, they, if we see it coming, they should see it coming, right. meaning if we're going to have to go to taxes, it's a transparent process. Right, and transparency is you know, a very big issue and I think a very big factor in how, you know, members of, you know, local elected officials are perceived. Is there transparency? Are they being honest with their constituents? Um, So that's great to hear. Um, A little bird wanted me to mention that they would like to see Novato and, you know, maybe even Marin, but you can help with Novato, you know, be a little bit cleaner and cleaned up maybe, you know, in terms of landscaping and trash and things like that. Um, you know, just making sure that Novato stays beautiful. I I like having a clean space and we're in and, you know, you want to be proud you're from Novato. Um, so just making sure that it looks nice, you know, yes. because we want people to want to come to Novato. And not have it all, a lot of litter and a lot of things going on. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm with you on this one. Yeah. And, you know, clean as you go even, you know. Yeah. Just making sure people are aware. We hope people are aware that you don't throw trash out the window or just, you know, leave things for someone else to clean up. It is almost a level of consciousness raising within the entire community. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Absolutely. And maybe have, you know, like we have the cleanup at the at the ocean. Sometimes we have groups that go, you know, have a a, a Novato cleanup day Mm -hmm. for fun. And I know some my son Bennett was a um, Boy Scout and then became an Eagle Scout, believe it or not. Thanks to his thanks to Joanne Keenan. She's all these boys. They got to their Eagle Scout, which isn't always done these days. But they all love projects. We mm-hmm. have Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. We've got Rotary. We've got a lot of, you know, folks that if we just said declared today is, you know, whatever that blah, day. Blah, blah, blah day. Nevada yeah. cleanup day. Yeah. Take an hour. 
go to this corner, do it. If we yeah. just dispersed and all took even a little part, can you imagine, yeah. like in, in, in quick time? Then just take a picture of all the garbage we collected and say, okay, like next year, maybe we can bring it down a little lower. Yeah. Just something like that. Yeah. Well, I think you have a lot of great ideas and very exciting, you know, to bring to Novato City Council. Um, I would invite you at this time to say anything else. If you had a message you wanted to say for our listeners or anything else. I do. Um, first, register to vote wherever you are. Important. Because we have a big presidential election coming. Yes. This isn't about me. This is about taking the right that you have to vote. Whether you do an absentee ballot or whether you do go to the polls, I think that's that's job one. We, you know, a lot of people worked hard for get to, for us to get the vote. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Um, secondly, this election is a small election. There's only one thing on the ballot. Right. So, yeah, I saw that. And in each district, um, I wish we could have done it more efficiently and less expensively than having to mail and do all that, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So people need to vote uh, and get their ballot in for whoever they're voting for. Um, so don't forget to do that. It has to be in by November 5th, by uh, the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just look at all the candidates and make the best decision for yourself because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's that's the most important. If it's me, I'd love to serve the community. And if it's not, I'm still going to serve the community. I'm not right. going to sour grape it. It's just not how I'm I'm made. Yeah. Um, I think that we still need a lot more young people in civic positions. Mm-hmm. So why, if I win this seat, I expect someone to start showing up at year two and a half or three and saying, I want that seat. And I said, let's work together. Yeah. Let's make it happen. We need diversity on that city council. Definitely. And we need a diversity in age. You know, in Berkeley... There's a, a, a fellow that ran because he's a student, but he said, look at the student population in Berkeley. Right. We huge. should have a seat on the table. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. So I think we need to look at our demographics and our diversity and make sure that those people are represented in decision-making moles, whether it's on city council or whether it's on a commission. Mm-hmm. But I think we have to bring in the youth so that they can start to create the kind of city they want to live in. Yeah. Because we're not going to be here forever. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm hoping to live long. Yeah. But I also want to pass the baton. Right. Because I don't think anybody should be on the city council over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We need fresh ideas. We need fresh energy. And I think that's possible, but we need to get the word out. Yeah. So that that's kind of my parting statement. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, Thank you listeners for listening in. Um, This is Amy Peel running for District 5 for Novato City Council. Again, make sure you get out and vote. My name is Kelly Cromhout. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys next time.